Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson, like always. And I got my good co-host here, my good friend, business partner, and uh, you know, the person that always follows me around for some reason, Mr. Eli Libby. Yeah, really. <laughs> Sweet. It follows you around. <laughs> and today, we have an awesome guest, very special guest. We're honored all the way from Dubai, Mr. Kieran yes. O'Neill. He's the founder and CEO of Total Mental Performance, a mental performance coaching firm that is on a mission to help 1,000 people with their mental health and mindset by the end of 2023. TMP, or Total Mental Performance, is focused on equipping ambitious overachievers and high performers with the skill set to pursue and achieve their goals. Wow. We're going to talk a little about priming yourself for peak personal and professional performance, talk a little about kind of eq and we're gonna listen a little bit about his story wow so welcome to the show, show man gents hello hello thank you so much for having me on we're it's our pleasure to have you here. Pleasure. To have you here. pretty cool backdrop there is that is that actually downtown dubai is that in is that kind this of behind is, right there? this is the marina um okay. so if you if you want a serious tour you want some minds blown um do you guys have been to dubai before no, no. it's on the list it is on the list it is on the list Check this out. Right. So, so, yeah, definitely tune in here if you're not. Watch uh, on video. Yeah, watch the video. We're gonna yeah, watch Whoa! Look at that. Oh my gosh. Look at that. That's that is insane. awesome. Wow, what a spot, man. Well, uh, sounds yeah, like we're gonna cut the flight here. We'll be out there in a couple of days, probably. I don't know. Yeah, goes. guys, please come and check it out. It's a, it's a very, very cool place. I know that the um, the states are well known for their skyscrapers, and I'm an architect yeah. geek. Fucking love big buildings yeah. uh I, I, I everything about that but in in london in europe yeah we're a little bit more timid with like the, mm -hmm. the tall buildings so sure. i come to dubai and they basically ripped off all the biggest best skyscrapers in the world wow. and built their own and we've got some That's original amazing. stuff in here as well i've so, seen some uh, amazing photos in dubai I've oh dude it's insane I mean, I've been there, but I've definitely seen some crazy photos. <laughs> Are those guys that like stand on top of the buildings and look down and i get all squeamish watching those yeah <laughs> Wow. Well, awesome, man. Well, well, welcome to the podcast. Yes. Um, why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about just kind of your, your upbringing, kind of your um, setbacks you've mm -hmm. had, the lessons and challenges, and, and then, you know, some of the achievements and success that you have today. It's kind of going to dig into it. Yeah, sure. Let's dive right in. So, um, as you guys mentioned, I'm the founder and CEO of Total Mental Performance. Um, but if we go all the way back to say, mm -hmm. I grew up in a small town just north of London, and uh, my First journey with mindset, with mental performance and things like that. I actually started in a boxing gym. So I was probably about 13 when I walked in there. And I walked in there right after uh, my dad, who was my football, you guys call it soccer, uh, manager. And our team were bottom of the bottom league. And he benched me every game. And I really Ooh. went from that to, as an adult, we can laugh. And you go, wow, that guy must have been really, really bad at soccer right now. But, <laughs> Actually, as a child, you kind of take that as I'm not good enough. Not even my dad yeah. thinks I'm good enough. And kids go one or two ways, right? I mm -hmm. go, yeah, I'm not good enough. But actually, the majority of people listening to your podcast are going to be in the other camp, which is, well, fuck you. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yep. I'm going to have, well, I am going to overachieve. I am going to grow and scale businesses. And I am going to go and be successful. So I was one of those kids. So uh, I went into boxing, um, gave my heart and soul into that. I was also setting up businesses as a kid as well. I was always selling sweets on the playground or um, I actually sent a container full of fridges over to um, over to Africa because I couldn't get wow. hold of them and I needed some money to be made wow. there. And I've always been an entrepreneurial kid. Nice. And, uh, 
So I was boxing my way through. Uh, I left school when I was 16. I didn't um, didn't really appreciate uh, education. I've got 99th percentile ADHD, so I didn't um, I didn't have that diagnosed until my early 20s. Mm. So I didn't know what was going on. I just couldn't concentrate. And I thought, well, what's the point of studying business when I can just go and learn about it? So yeah. I left school, and your equivalent of Shark Tank is called Dragon's Den uh, mm. in the UK. Mm. So I went to one of that guy's uh, business schools, a guy called Peter Jones, multi-millionaire, uh, and learned about business there. And you set up a company, and he assessed you on you running a company, and that's how you got your qualifications. It was awesome. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, we need some more. So we need some more educational institutions like that, man. Like, yeah, like really. yeah, it's really cool. So, I mean, the only um, the best way to learn is is through just doing doing it. it. Yeah, <laughs> that's like a perfect way to do it. Yeah, you're in the trenches right there. That's really cool. Exactly that. And uh, so I left there when I was 17. Graduated a year early. Got full marks. My business failed, but uh, I took an idea. I brought a product to market. Made it work. Uh, sold some, but I didn't know how to sell B two B. Big difference selling B two C than B two B, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so then I met a CEO who was one of the advisors at the, at the at, I don't even call it the academy. And uh, I said to him, hey, you've got a B2B sales force. Can I come and work for free? And he was like, why? And I was like, I want to learn how to sell B2B because that's why my business failed. And he was like, yeah, sure, come, come on in. So uh, I, I went there. He gave me an interview. He gave me the whole, uh, gave me the pen. This is before Wolf of Wall Street. He said, sell me the pen. And uh, I sold him the pen. Uh, he, he bought two. And then uh, he says, I actually want to pay you. And I was like, okay, great. What for? And he goes, I want you to sell this virtual reality product. Uh, it teaches people how to weld, you know, welding and fabrication, the engineering stuff. Um, it teaches you how to do that in a VR environment. We don't, we haven't sold any yet. We think that you can sell some. You want to give it a go? Well, yeah, sure. Well, I got to lose. Didn't sell anything for eight months. Um, and then on months nine, 10, and 11, I ended up selling the equivalent of, say, I don't know, $600,000. Uh, I cold called them book the meetings wow. and close them wow. uh, because colleges and schools, they buy their stuff uh, in, in, in England and in the UK, they buy mm -hmm. them in August and in April because of the financial year. And obviously the school year okay. I wasn't selling anything. And then all these orders came in. So all of a sudden I'm like 18 years old. I've, I've made a load of money in commission, but I'm still boxing and I'm trying to get onto the national team. So I made that decision. I was like, you know what? I'm going to go full time. I'm going to give it a go. I'm, I'm going to see what, what happens. So, I left my job and I started training full time, training in the morning, training in the evening. And I went from a relative nobody to getting on to six in the UK and then onto the England team. And that was really cool. Wow. That is yeah, amazing. That's insane. <laughs> wow. Yeah, kick your ass. Well, what's funny is uh, I was a bantamweight, so 56 kilos, which is like, I don't even know what that is in pounds, uh, pretty light. Uh, yeah. So whenever my friends would go out, my friends are like these big, muscly, tall guys, and uh, I'd be this short, skinny dude, and everybody would pick on me, and let, little did they know that I had big hands that I could throw. <laughs> yeah, you're the one that yeah. start throwing. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, managed to always talk my way out of it, but um, I never had to use them on nights out. But So managed to get there, and I couldn't make Team GB. I wasn't good enough, but also my mindset was really the thing that was holding me back, the big one. And it was at that point where I really started to look into mindset and the power of self-belief and, and looking at emotions and things like that. Mm -hmm. But I didn't make it. At the time, I was also trying to launch another business, a nutrition app for fighters. And uh, this is why you have to learn about your total addressable market before you build a product, uh, not yeah. after. 
Um, so I built that product and that failed. And in the space of like three months, I lost my space on the England team for not being good enough and not being able to maintain the weight. I was 15,000 pounds in debt. I had an eating disorder. Uh, I didn't leave my house for my parents' house. I was living at my parents at the time for like three weeks. And I almost mm. tried to take my life. It got pretty bad. Um, I was just, just put too much pressure on myself on yeah. every single thing. And as an entrepreneur and as a founder, when that's not working out and you've actually disproved, I remember sitting in an investor meeting and uh, he's still a mentor of mine today, um, but he on a whiteboard went, yeah, your, your business model is not gonna work. Here's your pivot, but it's gonna take you a lot of money and I'm not gonna give it to you. Mm. And then it blew up in like an hour, just saved me a lot of time, but blew up my whole business. And on top of that, I'd just been released from the England team and it all just comes to that head where I just didn't wanna be there anymore. Yeah. And you probably see this with founders and entrepreneurs mm -hmm. when they fail. You fail like my dream was to go to the Olympics or scale the business out. And then they both collapsed. Mm -hmm. My identity as an athlete and my identity of an entrepreneur just folded wow. in. Um so that was like the the dark the dark part. Yeah. Wow. That is crazy. Well, thanks for sharing all that. That yeah. is uh that's unreal. But I think it we're gonna get it sounds like to the kind of where you are today in the successful part and the uphill part, but everybody has those scars, those battle scars that make them who they are. I mean, the only way to appreciate the highs is you got to, mm -hmm. got to experience the low of lows. Mm -hmm. I think we've all been there in one way or another. And, but when you get your identity ripped away, that's, that's got, especially cause you had two identities that mm -hmm. you, that you've, you know, found is wow. who you were. And then they just both get crushed. I yeah. can see how you had a pretty dark times for sure. Yeah. <laughs> wow. We all would. So let's exactly. let's hear a little bit about um, what was the next big aha moment for you after yeah. that? Yeah, so um, I was fed up of of, and if you think of it even deeper, like on a masculine level, where you're in so much debt and you're not achieving, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh my god, like what's going on? Um, I started reading a book called Rich Dad Poor Dad, and uh, that was a game changer. And I thought, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Um, so I called up that investor that disproved our whole business, a guy called Ron Goddard, um, angel investor, really, really sharp guy. And uh, I called him up and I says, hey, um, I'm fed up of being skin or poor. Uh, I don't know if you guys have the word skin in, in the US. Uh, I'm fed up, fed up of being poor. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, I was like, I need some help. So um, can we be my rich dad? And he laughed and he went, yeah, sure. And uh, he educated me on, on business, educated me on finance. And he actually got me a job as an SDR at a software company. And my ego said, uh, I don't want to book meetings for other salespeople because I've already closed like you know mm -hmm. half a million pounds business. I don't need to book meetings for other people to close it. And he says, I don't give a shit about that, Kieran, because you've got a lot of debt that you need to clear off. And <laughs> you, you work your way through that. You clear off yeah. your debt. And I went, yeah, fair play. So uh, in, I managed to clear off the debt in seven months. And the way that I did it was I was not only booking meetings during the day uh, in Europe, but then I'd call into New York, which was four hours behind London, into mm -hmm. the night. Really working like 12 hour days. And I was like, great. And I actually doubled my earnings and commission because there was no one else calling into the US. I was the only guy in Europe doing it. I was like, great, Smart. awesome. So once I cleared off all the debt, uh, I then moved back up into a closing position and you know had some, some record quarters and managed to acquire capital. So then I started to realize, like, and, and we were selling some really cool tech, you know, like data analytics software, e-commerce software, so really, really hot markets, really competitive markets, and, like, really good fun. But I started to realize that sales is a great vehicle if you're 
skin or if you don't have any cash and you're mm -hmm. insecure. Because once you have the cash and once you've done the psychological work, and I worked with my own mental performance coach, actually it didn't interest me anymore. Where I had mm -hmm. more fun was, you know, coaching members of my team, was coaching junior athletes as well on their mindset. So I started studying as a peak performance coach, NLP practitioner, cognitive hypnotherapist, therapist on the side. I started to realize actually, this is a lot more fun. And mm. as the fun for that started to ramp up, my desire to sell really started to disappear. And uh, as I started working my way through, then the pandemic came around and I was like, you know what? Like right at the first lockdown, I was in London for that. I was like, I don't even want to sell software anymore. I've got enough capital behind me where I could literally stop working and I'm fine for a couple of years. Mm. Like, why don't I just look at coaching? So I started coaching like industry contacts for free and they all started paying me really quickly. Then they started referring me really quickly. Then next thing you know, we've built a six figure business in our first year of just coaching. Now we're a team of five and we're starting to go really, really quick. Wow. And That's awesome. to take off from there. And the reason I'm in Dubai was I got invited to speak here uh, at the Burj Khalifa, the biggest building in the world. So that's all wow. pointy one yeah. and uh, ended up picking, picking up seven clients and uh, off the back of that talk. And they, a lot of them were local and they says, Hey, can you stay for an extra couple of weeks? I went, yeah, sure. So I stayed a couple of weeks. Then the UK put Dubai on the red list. So you couldn't go back without um, like quarantining, oh. paying loads of money. Oh, wow. So I thought, right. It's a new year, new year's Eve like holiday. Let's just stay for that. And then uh, come January, the rules really didn't change. For Q1, let's stay in. Let's stay in Dubai. And now we're in July. I'm still here. I'm built up a base. And that's awesome. Very cool. Well. So that's wow. the story. That's, that's crazy. crazy. Wow, what a story. That is really cool. I just think it's it's amazing to see just like the progression or you know, listen to the progression of of, yeah. of it, fairly how quick mm -hmm. you changed your mindset and like you started attracting success in yeah. your life um, and kind of keeping that mindset and, and just like a lot of people, I don't think a lot of people out there would stick with a job just to pay off debt. Like I don't see that happening. Yeah. Like, most people are just like, they get distracted or they just like, yeah, I'll pay off my debt. And like three months in, they're like, screw this. I'm making good enough money to have fun with the money. Yeah. instead. Like that's really cool. Sounds very much like that Wolf of Wall Street uh, talk. Are you behind on your bills? Oh yeah. Good. Pick up Dude, the phone. Start dialing. As I felt like at the time. That's, that's so cool. Question before we dive into the topic, how did you sell the pen? How did yeah, you great question. Yeah. yeah, so uh, I, I looked at the pen that was in his hand and uh, it was a, like a chewed biro, you know, like the plastic yeah. ends. Yeah. Yep. Like, it was like a slightly chewed up biro. And I just said to him, so you're a CEO, right? And he was like, yeah, I'm a, I'm, I, I am a CEO. I'm guessing you meet other CEOs. Yeah, I'm guessing you meet important customers. He went, yeah. Okay. And would you agree that when you meet another human being, they will judge you on every small, minute detail, and they might not even be aware of it? And he went, yeah. I went, okay. And do you think um, having a chewed up biro, do you think that puts the best impression for when you're meeting top customers or when you're meeting, you know, important uh, government officials or whatever? Right. And he went, he went, he looked a bit taken aback. He went, uh, um, <laughs> no. And luckily... I had a pen in my back pocket and there was his catalog on the desk. I says, look, I understand, you know, not many people bring up the pen, but I'm an expert in this space. So let me give you this one. Try this. Just 
feel the pen. Just write it down on the piece of paper. Like just notice the weight of the pen, mm. the design, how it feels. I think that one personally suits you, but don't worry. If you don't like this one, and I pulled up his catalog, I've got a thousand pens and we can personally go through each page to figure out which pen that is that you want. Mm. There you both, go. And we both spent quiet for a minute. I thought, oh shit, I've offended him. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, oh no, this is a nightmare. And then he broke the silence and he went, you're a natural. I'm going to hit you myself. And I went, yeah, that's awesome. awesome. That's sweet. Thanks for sharing that story. I think that's always a cool sales question. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would. That, it's curious. just cool how observant you were. Like, yeah. You know, I was going to say we should do that, but I'm not. So <laughs> no. <gonna> yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyways. So the topic, priming yourself for peak personal and professional performance. Mm. I think um, maybe just dive in just to the topic and what that means for, for most people. Priming mm-hmm. yourself for peak performance. Peak personal and professional performance. What are we talking about in mm-hmm. terms of that? What does that mean? For sure. So we have states that we know are more productive. Or we have states where we know we get things done, whether mm-hmm. we're more productive, whether it's the way that we communicate. Okay. For example, if you think about confidence, here's, let's play a little game, right? If both of you are going to point in your body as to where you feel confidence, where would you guys point? My heart or my head? Mm-hmm. I'd pick the head. Pick the head. You you pick yep. your heart and your head. Yeah. You pick the head. Yep. So you both have similar places, but also slightly different. So we all experience these peak states in different areas. So if I was to ask you both, is it a light feeling or is it a heavy feeling? It, I'm sorry. Say that one more time. Yeah, right. I I didn't catch that one. Is so it think a, about that, think about that confidence, right? It's in your head yeah. and in your head and your heart. Is it a mm-hmm. light feeling or is it a heavy feeling? That confidence. Mm. I, I think I would say, say light. light. Yeah, it's like a flow state. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have much weight when I'm in it. Mm-hmm. Is it hot or is it cold? Hot. Mm. Burning. Hot, yeah. On fire. Yeah, I would say hot. Yeah. yeah, hot. Pressure or no pressure? This is fun. Pressure. Um, I'd say no pressure. Because you're kind of in the state. Oh, you're yeah. no pressure. I kind of feel forward like forward pressure. Like I'm I know, I'm gonna feel state. like I kind of would maybe pick the heart now. I think. No, you can't turn around. This is the this well, is I mean, a one-time would, thing, dude. Well, I would have picked probably both, or my arms. I don't know. Right. So, so you guys have got different feelings of confidence. Yeah. Whether it's your head, whether it's your heart, whether it's right. hot, whether it's cold, whether there's pressure, whether there's not pressure. So we all have these different feelings within us, and it's about accessing those states. Sometimes I'll speak to entrepreneurs or business owners, and they'll be like. I just, just, I just don't have any confidence or, you know what, like, I, I'm not, I'm not a, so sometimes you'll see some founders, they'll be like, you know, they're like techies or they're not extroverts. And they're like, I'm just not an extrovert. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not a confident guy. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite, they'll go, oh, I'm really confident to speak, but I'm just not good at the detail or I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But actually we have these states within us. If you ask that introvert business owner and you says, okay, well, tell me something you're really passionate about. And they start going off into tech or gaming yeah. or whatever. All of a sudden they light up and all of a sudden you, you see them become very confident and you say, well, actually, can you identify how confident you just sounded then? And they're like, oh yeah. Okay. Well, let's isolate that. Where is that feeling in your body? Where does that come from? So it's really about harnessing peak states like confidence, like focus, like creativity. And it's understanding how you experience those then using practical tools to help get those into state. So that's one half. Um, before we roll on to the next half, you got any questions around around that? Because that's quite a fun exercise. I could see the light bulbs going off. In yeah, 
Thanks. We I, love those things on the I, podcast. I, yeah. I think the guests as well. I think it's cool how how you like signify like well, you do have confidence. Mm-hmm. Look how excited you just got. Look at the confidence. Like it's just coming out. Mm-hmm. Like that's awesome. I think it's also making them very self aware. Yeah. Like being self aware, like that. Like yes. self aware. Okay, you just got excited. Like be aware of that. Yeah. And we have these states within us, but sometimes we just forget. We have these resources within us, but it's mm-hmm. about rediscovering them. And maybe, you know, things aren't going well at work, but actually you go home to your family and you see your wife and your kids and you feel amazing. It's like, well, imagine if you brought that energy into your work. How mm-hmm. different would you respond to you? How different would customers respond to you? So we have, this, we have the skills, we have the resources in us. It's just accessing those. So that's accessing peak state. But the other half is avoiding state like negative states for example some people will get really 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 nervous when it comes to doing a company all hands when it comes to talking when it comes yeah, to selling right. to customers or whatever it is maybe they've got to let some people go and, and that, that's very uncomfortable now naturally uncomfortable feelings are going to come up but if we let them consume us that's where things can get really 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 bad right. because um, Mike Tyson had a coach called Customata, absolute legend in boxing training. And he had a phrase about fear, which was amazing, which is fear is like fire. And when fear is controlled, it keeps the house warm. You can cook your food on it. And actually, it's great. It's a really strong resource and it allows us to put man on the moon and allows us to build mm. stuff and shape the world how we want it. But when fear like fire is out of control, it burns the house down. And it causes damage and chaos and destruction. And it's the same with things like fear or guilt or shame or insecurity or even just low moods, understanding what it is that's driving those. Because if you turn up, and, it, and you know this as leaders, as soon as you walk into the room, your team inherently can sense how you're feeling. You turn up to a call, your team can sense that. So if you're walking in, you're putting this bravado on, and actually underneath it, you're shitting yourselves, your team will pick up yeah. on that. And right. In the current generation, we're all learning about mental health. We're all learning about psychology. So like 10 years ago, 20 years ago, you, you could yeah. basically bluff your way through because no one understood this stuff. It doesn't work like that anymore. If you look at you know, Gen Z and the millennial culture, we understand psychology. We understand emotions. We understand feeling. So being able to control, if you really want to be able to manage your team, you have to be able to manage yourself, whether that is fear, anxiety, low moods, insecurity. By conquering that, and when you walk into a room, your team will pick up that. Mm-hmm. They're not afraid. Or you can share, you know what? Things are a bit ropey right now, but I'm okay with that. That will help your team feel so much safer and build the best environment to them to turn mm-hmm. up and win versus trying to wing it or trying to put on a, a, a facade or trying to put a face on to say everything's okay. It's like the classic, are you okay? I'm fine. Yeah. How are you? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah. Oh. Where yeah. do we go with that? I have a lot of different ways <laughs> we can go. I'm just saying it's cool. The thought leaders that we have on this show, they all say a very similar thing. Mm-hmm. We had a really, really cool podcast a while ago that relates very closely to yours on how people pick up on the smell, the smell of fear that's being it's you know, a real thing. They can, they can smell it. So they did this really cool test where they um, basically swabbed their armpits from a f- state of fear and a state of scared, like on like a scary movie. And then they put it in on these people's noses and they actually felt they didn't feel anything when they were scared from a movie, but they felt fear when they smelled the swabbed armpit that was stripped because of fear. And the point of that was as leaders, you walk into the building, like you said, 
and they're picking up on everything. They can smell you. <laughs> exactly. If you're, you're a clone or something, I don't know. But it's very cool. It's and very it's very cool. cool how it related to what you just said there. So I think our listeners are really going to pick that up and connect those. And, and I get it. Like, like priming yourself for peak performance mm-hmm. and like professional performance. Like you always have to be prepared and like primed in order you mm-hmm. know, to make Like sure. an athlete. Yeah. Totally makes sense. Right? Yeah. Constantly working your brain. and mm-hmm. yeah. I feel like mental toughness and mental strength in today's athletes is so much more visible and transparent. Whereas before, right. I don't think it was really as visible, but if you look back to like some of the basketball players like Michael Jordan and even Mike Tyson, like they were doing mental training way before. And I'm sure being a before boxer. It was cool. Yeah. Like you're yeah. kind of, you're kind of um, trying to picture yourself, visualize what that win looks like when you finally like knock the guy out. Like, what does that look like before you get to the, to the ring? I love so. it. Quick question. You, this is kind of going a little off. You mentioned NLP, how you're a practitioner in it, correct? Mm-hmm. What, yeah. How much NLP, um, and maybe you can explain a little bit for people that know what NLP is, how much of that is used in your in your coaching? I think I use it in life, and I think we're all using NLP in life. So NLP, NLP is neuro-linguistic programming. And basically, we have a series of cues as human beings, the way that we mm-hmm. talk, the way that we communicate, the way that we sit, the way that we kind mm-hmm. of just maneuver and, and, and move around within the world. So we're constantly using that. And we've kind of stuck with language as a, as a main communicator, particularly if you're on the phone or if you're listening to this podcast, all you can hear, you can't see me, you can't see us, you can just hear us. Mm-hmm. Um, but language is actually one of the, it's a really hard way of communicating because if you think about the word love, right? Mm-hmm. We think about that word and you have a model of love, I have a model of love, but we only have one word for it. If you look in other languages, I think Greek has like seven different words for the word love. I think Persian had like 60 or 70. And there's like, you know, brotherly love, family love, friends right. love, lustful love. But in English, we got love. That's what we've really, really got. Yeah. Right. <laughs> love, love and bromance. That's all, that's yeah. all I can yeah. I can. Um, so with NLP, it's meeting the person where they're at with their own language and understanding how they interpret the world. Some people are very visual thinkers, very kinesthetic thinkers, auditory thinkers. A lot of people spend a lot of time in their heads. So NLP really is a communication tool. And there's a lot of tools within that you can use for profound mindset development and communication, but ultimately it's a communication tool to meet whether it's a client, whether it's a customer, Mm -hmm. whether it's a member where they're at and communicating with them in the way that they feel safe, they feel valued and they feel, they feel good. Um, so I use NLP in everything, you know, like whether I'm communicating with family, friends, right. yeah. whatever, just to communicate, just so we can actually understand each other. So we're not, you know, if I was to sit here and, and talk in a loads of London and British slang, you guys would go, yeah. what are I talking yeah. about? Um, so that's kind of where I use NLP. There are yeah. techniques in it that you can use for mindset development and for peak performance. Um, I don't necessarily have a favorite, like a, a favorite. Um, the guy that taught me, a guy called uh, Trevor, he said, he uses Bruce, Bruce Lee as an example, and he'd say, be like water. And so I've, mm-hmm. I'm trained in not only NLP, but hypnotherapy, cognitive hypnotherapy, CBT, wow. and, um, peak performance. I've got lots of different schools, but what you see mm-hmm. with a lot of therapists or mental performance coaches, peak performance coaches is, they fall in love with one and they say, CBT mm. is the way, CBT is the way, CBT is the way, NLP is the way, NLP is the way. Right. 
I disagree. I think um, mm -hmm. everybody can get something from any type of technique or mindset management tool. But what will work for that individual person is down to the the true masters are able to go, actually, that's not mm -hmm. the right route for that person. That's not going to work. We need to use something else. Whereas people get very rigid. And I think we get rigid in business, right? Like, this is how you build a sales team. This is how you build a sales team. I've built it like this six times before and then these other companies, and this is how you do it. Or this is how you build a HR department. Or this is how you go like this. But actually, maybe for that market, that's not how you do it. Maybe maybe you don't need industry experience players. Maybe you're in a in a very tight knit industry where you must hire the industry players. You don't know, but the Bruce Bruce Lee analogy of being like water, you know, water can flow or it can mm -hmm. crash. You put it in a bottle, it becomes a bottle. You put it in a cup, it becomes a cup. Be yeah. like water. So adapt to what's in front of you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The reason why I ask is I don't I don't think anyone's ever mentioned NLP on our. No. I read a book in college on NLP because I wanted to be a life coach right out of college, um, and then kind of learned I was probably a little too young to be coaching <laughs> uh, from my point of view, but um, it's a super powerful tool. And I, I've definitely, I think it just, after you know about it and you read on it, um, I mean, I'm not certified in it like you or anything, but you just naturally start using it mm. and it's just kind of part of your, I don't know, addiction and the way that you communicate and stuff. So I just thought it was interesting that you mentioned it. Yeah. It's a pretty powerful tool. <clears throat> I think it's leaders to what we talked about in the pre-show is, emotional intelligence and i think the best leaders can read a room really well i'm not super familiar with nlp but that was really insightful but they're they're getting their read and then they're changing their whole messaging based on the room based on the person the meeting that they're having i think for modern day leaders like you yeah. said the millennials the next generation is going to be i think there'll be some really big leaders coming out of it that can really tap into the yeah. the heart of somebody 100 uh there's a book that uh, if you guys haven't read it or if your audience hasn't read it, must read called The Culture, the culture Code. The it's Culture Code? Yeah. Do you? I don't have it. It's on my list, though. I have oh. heard that's a very good book. I would love to read that book. Yeah. Okay. So, if you, I don't know anything about – I don't know anything about – is it – I don't even know what the sport is. Uh, who are the Spurs? Please educate me. Who, Spurs? Who are the, uh, basketball. basketball. Right. Yep. So – uh, there's a, he, in this book, they explain a, co a coach called Pop Popovich. Oh, yeah. Greg. Yeah. I, I, is that the guy? Um, so yeah. he, they talked about his management style, and this stuck with me because it was amazing. <laughs> so on the surface, like when you see him on the court, he's shouting, he's screaming, he's quite dictatorial, and apparently there's loads of compilations of him on YouTube of him like really kicking off and having a go. But when they actually got underneath the hood and they looked at what made him such a great leader, his way that he would connect with each and end of every individual player was like nothing anyone had ever seen before. That connection that he could build with the team, his ability to read the room, his ability to sense on an emotional level when to put an arm around a player and when to give mm -hmm. him a kick up the arm was one of the things that made him such wow. a such a, a leader. And there's a story that was so crazy, like so crazy that made me think that is genuine leadership. Uh, they were playing a game against Miami Heat, and they were about to score. The, like the, they were about to win. They were so mm -hmm. close to winning, they were like already putting the champagne out in the changing rooms. They were there, and Miami Heat scored a point to take it to extra time. Then Miami Heat won, and they had a plan to go to a restaurant after the game to go and celebrate and, and all get really drunk or whatever. Mm -hmm. And after the game, lot they lost the game. All the coaches and the players were like, oh, "What do we do now?" 
like, are we still going to go to the restaurant? He says, yes, we're going to the restaurant still. And they still went to the restaurant and they didn't talk about the game. And he just went around and gave every single player a hug. And he just says, I'm really proud of you today. Well done. And they didn't talk about the game. They just chatted and they were talking about food. And, and he managed to put all of his emotions aside before they arrived wow. and make those one-to-one -one connections. And then as a result, then the next day when they went into training, he didn't go, you guys are assholes, you guys are this, you guys are that. He goes, right, boys, we have got to do something about this. So mm -hmm. I'm, I'm proud of your inputs. We're going to do this. And next year, they went and won the league. So it's cool. It's crazy. That, I got some goosebumps right there. I think sports coaches are oh, just, I amazing. mean, there's so many books coming out and documentaries and different things about sports coaches. Right. And I think it's fascinating to, to, to read and listen to that stuff. So. Oh, business is a blood sport, right? Yeah. If you really think about business, it is yeah. such savage sport. And I think mm -hmm. some problem, problem is we forget that business yeah. is a sport. And That's a we take point. it too seriously. And we get so hung up on the numbers. We get so hung up on the yes. customers. Yep. We get so hung up on competitors. We get so hung up on all of that. And actually, it's just a sport. It's just a game. And yeah, there are livelihoods on the line, but it's the same mm -hmm. in sports. If that goes wrong, you get injured, they lose their whole lifestyle. And once you start to recognize that it's a game, it's a serious game, it's a dangerous game, but just reframe it and go, okay, so like, you know, we, we, we own a software company, we own an investment business. How can we get the best mm -hmm. out of our team, what we have and the resources yep. we've got? And how can we, you know, we look at the competition, but we don't get caught up by the competition. We just figure out a strategy, how to outmaneuver them and how can we really mm -hmm. dominate us? It's the same thing, but we just get caught up in the idea of money and numbers and yep. I love what it's you're saying. Such a good I love what you're saying. We had a, a again another podcast. Somebody said, think of yourself as a professional athlete. You need to train like one, you need to eat like one, all these different things. But if we kind of reframe ourselves as co-founders yeah. as like head coaches of a team. So yeah, I mean there's a lot of people a lot of like yeah co-founders out there call themselves coaches. Yeah. It's a big thing. Yeah. I mean, you got seasons that you win, you got seasons that you lose. Yeah. <laughs> you get the owners that have investment and they can build the team. And then you get the owners that don't have investment. And fighting and smoke, every day. Right. You build rock star, all star teams yeah. to win. To, and it's wow. Love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Mind blowing. Yep. I don't know why I never looked at it like that. Mm -hmm. So let's take it yeah. for a level higher, right? Because awesome. when I'm working with entrepreneurs, founders, investors, a lot of them burn themselves into the floor. They're working too hard. They're working too much and they experience right. burnout. So I say, well, why don't you just reframe your workload and just treat yourself like a commercial athlete? And athletes can only train for so long. You can only work for so long before your output, your strength, your power, your speed considerably drops. So if, if somebody's working 12 hours a day and their production capacity really is only about maybe 10, 10 and a half, then them consistently pushing that extra hour and a half is going to completely burn them out. So their output is going to be less good. So when they're speaking to the team, the team can sense that they're stressed and that they're tired and it doesn't work. So getting founders and owners and business owners to reframe their own mindset and their own workload and turning them into a commercial athlete versus a, I'm a business owner. What does that mean? Whereas if you can treat your workload like a, like an athlete where athletes sprint and then they rest and then they sprint and then they rest and then they sprint and then they rest. And there are times of the season where, yeah, you got to keep sprinting. Otherwise you, it's not going to work. You have lots mm -hmm. of races coming up. You've got lots of matches coming up. You just got to find a way. 
But in them times where you don't have to sprint, that's where you really need to rest and recover and take down time and, and, and do that. Um, so not only is your business like a football team, a basketball team, mm -hmm. or whatever, but actually as the, as the founder, the operator, the CEO, actually your job is to manage yourself as an athlete within that team. Wow. Love it. Mind-blowing. Audience is left with some nuggets. <laughs> I am stoked walking out of mm -hmm. this conversation. Absolutely. So as we wrap things up, we usually ask our, our guests uh, two or three lines. If, if, if there's one thing you hope that our listeners are walking away with, what is it? Um, your mind is responsible for everything that you experience. So it makes sense to train it. It makes sense to explore it. And it makes sense to invest in it. If you can take that away, whether you start reading books, whether you start listening to podcasts, whether you start working with a coach or whatever, just understanding that without your mind, without your mindset, you can't experience anything. So if you want to be, the, in my opinion, to be the best of the best, the more that you understand yourself and you look inwards, the more you're, you can control your environment, no matter what the business throws at you, whether that's the marketplace, whether that's your team, whether that's culture, competitors or whatever, you can manage your own emotions, your own insecurities, your own self-limiting beliefs, then you become unbreakable because the external world doesn't matter as much because you're yep. spending less time managing your internal self within that environment. So that, I'd probably say that. That is amazing. Love it. Great show. So uh, where can they find you? Follow follow kind of your journey. They want to get in contact, have you as a coach. Where's that? Where can they get you? Yeah, for sure. Um, so if you guys want to get in touch with me, I'm actually going to leave my email address in the show notes. It's klo at total mentalperformance.com so if you just click onto the show click in the description uh you can email me there uh if you want to catch me more on my personal side of what i do uh kieran Luis o'neill uh, on instagram so just drop me a follow or a dm um and yeah but whilst the whilst whilst the guests are uh, also whilst the audience are clicking in on that um have you guys got any final questions for me What's next for you? What, what's the what's what's the next what's the next part of your with you? Because I know you're trying to reach a thousand people with mental health and mindset. How are you, how are you getting there? So uh, we're going to do that in two ways. Uh, number one is 500 one-to-one -one clients, and we're approaching that by the end of 2023. Every client that signs up with us, we pay for the mental health, the residential care, psychiatric care for a mentally ill homeless person in Nigeria. Oh, so the other amazing. five. Yeah, so the other 500 people um, are going to be supported that way. So that's how we managed to sort of grow pack towards that that number. Um, eventually, as we start to hit scale and we set up our three-year plan after that, and we've achieved that, I want to take it back to the UK and uh, look at doing some more stuff there as well. So that's how we're doing it that way. We're we're approaching we're approaching good numbers. We're we're getting there. It's just a case now of just just keep going. You know, things mm -hmm. take time. That was amazing. Amazing. Well, Kieran, thank you so much for yes. coming on the Biz Bros podcast. Yes. That was a great awesome show. conversation, great mm -hmm. show. And I know that our listeners are gonna are gonna walk away with some amazing yeah. insight. Yeah, my pleasure, guys. Thank you so wow. much for having me on. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Biz Bros podcast. If you haven't yet, please subscribe anywhere that you can find mm -hmm. our podcast, any marketplace out there, just type in Biz Bros and we're gonna be there. And we look forward to hearing from you and talking to you on the next Biz Bros podcast. Hey guys. Perfect, man. Well, that was Thank an awesome so show. Much. Thank you so much. That 
really inspired us and I think got us fired up. And, um, it's always good to have us kind of get our, 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 uh, our ignition relit sometimes. Yeah, that was super fun. Um, 